Eyes podcast. I'm your moderator, Kyle Bossman, and on our panel this week, Daniel Bloodworth. Hey. Ben Moore. What's up? And Brandon Jones. Hi, everybody. And this is our first episode of this podcast. Hey! hey. <laughs> How awesome is this? This is very, very cool. Uh, and no other episode will look like this. It, no episode will look like this or sound like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything will get better. If you're, uh, if you're a listener, you should know we're all talking into one tiny microphone. <laughs> so that would explain why it sounds like it does. Uh, should we explain what Easy Allies is first? Should we like get, yes. in, get into it? Yes. Sure. Let's dig into it. Brandon Jones, what is Easy Allies? Easy Allies is a very successful Patreon. <laughs> Easy Allies is a group of video game journalists that have banded together in the wake of horrible tragedy uh, to uh, create a new channel where we're going to be talking about games, streaming games, reviewing games, and producing shows about games. E- uh, the Easy Allies podcast is kind of the cornerstone uh, of the Easy Allies uh, channel uh, and uh, our Patreon. Um, you know, if you subscribe to us on Patreon, you get the Easy Allies podcast early. If you are not subscribed, you're probably watching this uh, this Friday. So it was recorded a couple days earlier, so um, if you want to get those those fresh news headlines, you're gonna to want to get in there early. Um, but uh, yeah, we're 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 gamers, man. We're talking about games. It's been like been way too long since I've been getting together with Kyle Bossman to talk yeah, about games. We have a Patreon. This is very cool. Uh, if you were curious what this podcast is all about, if you haven't seen us do a podcast before, this is primarily a news-based podcast. We I like to talk about what's happened this week. I'm gonna to try to do that this week as much as possible. Uh, and also, I like to guess about things. That's one of my favorite things is to like make <laughs> predictions. And so that appears in this podcast a lot as well. Uh, we like to have fun. We like to stay on point. And let's just do it. Let's start talking about video games, yeah? Yes, yeah. please. Okay, cool. <laughs> so a huge bomb dropped last week. Kotaku reported that Sony is working on, and that's the words working on in their headline, a PlayStation 4.5, meaning a beefier PlayStation 4. Shall I read their words? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so this is Patrick Klepik reporting. Uh, Based on conversations with developers who have spoken with Sony, this PS4.5 will include an upgraded GPU, both to support high-end 4K resolution for games and add more processing power that can enhance the games supported by PlayStation VR, the headset Sony will launch this fall. Are we believing? First of all, are we believing? Do we believe that this is a thing? 1,000%. Really? Yeah. That's, that's, that's a, a lot, lot of percentage confidence. points. That's <laughs> a lot of confidence. Why? Yeah. Why? I feel like I feel like thinking about this up. I feel like this is a logical thing. Um, so, back in the day, right, uh, game consoles were expected to do one thing, play video games. Uh, within the first six months slash 12 months of the PS4 being, being out, compared to PCs, uh, compared to a lot of other stuff, it was underperforming. People, developers sure. were coming out and saying, this box that hasn't even been out that long can't do what we want it to do. And your your Xbox One, your PlayStation Four, are not just expected to play games anymore, and they're, they're especially not just expected to play single player games anymore, right? So not only is your PlayStation Four potentially the only way you consume television, the way that you stream, the way that you play games, like now we're doing VR, and I feel like this sort of trend is only going to continue. These boxes are going to get more and more complex, and as they get more complex, the demands on them is going to increase, and so you're going to need more frequent hardware updates as a result to catch up to that. But maybe consumers don't want that. There might be pushback. Uh, so I wanted to touch on one thing that you talked about. Is okay. that like it is like right now a PS4? I don't think can uh, output everything to a 4K TV, even as it is. Yes. And like 
Sony is in every that's in all of their best interests to like invest heavily in 4K because of cameras, because of TVs. Do they still sell TVs? Um, we what, don't know. Sony? I feel that's really bad that we I, don't know. Oh, yeah. They, I mean, yeah Sony sell TVs? Yeah, yeah. Of course they sell okay, TVs. Okay, all right. So, so, yeah, exactly. Like, they want to double down in 4K. I, I get what you, That was a good thing worth bringing up. Yeah. Uh, but the last thing you said is if people want it. And that's what I really want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Is because I believe Kotaku's reporting. I believe that at least Sony was talking to developers at GDC about this. Do you want it? Do you want that to happen? I, I don't know if I want that to happen, but I, I want it. You do? If, if it exists. If you're they're like, buy one. You're, oh, hey. you're like, I'm down to buy a PlayStation 4.5. Yeah, yeah. Why? Same reason I want to buy a new 3DS. I want to buy the latest gaming technology, you know? And, yeah. And, and it's actually interesting to look... I, I actually was thinking of Apple as a model, but like Nintendo's are the same thing. They've released... With the, with their DS, you know? They've released all sorts of different... It's like three or four versions of every Game Boy or Game Boy Advance or uh, DS, 3DS. Well, that, yeah. that's um, what's particularly interesting to me, though, because, you know, what we've heard about the NX is this weird idea of a scalable hardware system and that like the NX won't be hardware. It will be the OS that runs the games and that somehow the, who knows how many configurations of hardware there will be. So I wonder like, is the PS4 just as scalable and are they trying to get in on that same kind of thing where like, okay, every year or two you have a new PS4. That doesn't mean you can't play games on your old PS4, but if you play them on the new one, they'll be better. Yeah. It's kind of weird. The, the, the only issue I take with your Nintendo comparison, Brandon, is in the vast majority of cases, right, like every game that comes out on 3DS, you can play on the very first 3DS that came out. Whereas I feel like with this PS4 1.5, the way that it would work is you're going to be locked out of stuff in a more severe way. Oh, no, don't you do that, Ben. So really, you would think they would do that? Like I don't I think can't that they that can do that. Yeah. I, I, but, think, I think VR would be the main. I think but, there might be some VR games that you, it just won't work on the old PS. I bet that's what's happening. I bet it is the VR push. But but the thing is, and and this is something I want to bounce off you guys. Do you think it would be like okay, Destiny Two uh, is going to be more powerful on the PlayStation Four 1.5 than it is on the PlayStation 4.5. Four or? 4. Point, or PlayStation 4.5, sorry for the name. I like PlayStation 4K better than anything. I love it that. Let's call it for that for the rest of the time. Okay, so we're calling it PlayStation 4K. So yeah. do you think that that would, that would be something that would happen? Like a big profile game is probably saying that it's going to be better because I think in the minds of a lot of people, like you're not going to want to, to play an inferior version of the biggest game of the year. Yeah, you know that's gonna be a big deal. Maybe, but didn't they put that game out on last year? <laughs> so. Right, but right. but it it like okay, I don't know. I I as as somebody who does try to get in on all the latest tech and all that stuff, like how I honestly don't know how successful in comparison to current gen stuff. Right. Destiny was on last gen. Do we have any barometer for that? Uh, I mean, I'm sure they're nothing official. They're, yeah, no, they, nothing they haven't officially put a, released. A release exactly. But yeah, it's it's weird because. If you look at the phone market, like that seems to be the norm. The phones just come out constantly, and right for the most part, your apps work. You know, maybe some outlier, liar, they won't, or eventually they won't, or after a few years. But yeah, I don't, I don't know if it'll really work for consoles though, because there's just a, such a totally different mindset for people that feel like they invested in this thing, and now the company already owes them so much stuff. Um, yeah, because PlayStation Fours are expensive. You yeah. spend a lot of money on that. Mm-hmm. But so are phones. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of deals out there to get them cheap, and then you end up getting, you know, gigged for a lot of money they say you weren't going to pay. But, yeah, it's 
That's, it's a, it's yeah. a weird, weird, weird thing. Do, do you think this is a potentially slippery slope, right? Like, let's say with the PlayStation 4K, yeah, um, they 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 are taking all these concerns into consideration, right? Like, let's let's make a parallel to DLC, where this new and improved box comes out and they really knock it out of the park. They justify whatever cost they put to it, but then they think to themselves, "Oh man, people are willing to buy multiple versions of a console in the same generation," and much like DLC, right, there's a lot of, like, it gets more questionable over time, or do you think, like, is, does that scenario make any sense? Yeah, if it's successful, they'll keep doing it. Right, yeah. right, and do you think, do you think that, do you think people should rightfully be afraid of abusing that system? I think people should be extremely afraid. This <clears throat> is a scary, scary story if you just bought a PlayStation 4. Because it could be as soon as the end of the year that your PlayStation 4 is already old, and I think that sucks. I think why it's old is, is, is the main thing that's going to keep us afraid about this until we get details. Because it's just yeah. like, does that mean, you know, uh, there are services that you're going to provide that I'm not going to get? Does that mean that, you know, the PSVR is not going to work on my PlayStation 4? Does it mean that some game just straight up is just not going to work? Does that mean the games that are on my hard drive are going to vanish somehow? Or somebody are going to do some weird PT nonsense? Or... But even, like, to me, Jones, like, personally, if they're just like, what? No, your PlayStation 4 games will still work. They'll just be a little worse. I know that will bug me. <laughs> Right, I'm I think it's gonna bug a, a lot game, of people. Like, and it's just like it's gonna bug me knowing this could be better if I bought the PlayStation 4K. Because I'm curious though. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious like what the actual implementation might be. Because like, what if it's, you know, so for instance, the PlayStation VR, you know, it comes with this attachment that has a processor that does several things, including uh, it, it it handles the social screen, you know. So yeah. um, so it's it's not a GPU or a CPU. It's just its own special processor. So I'm wondering if like you know, this, yeah, theoretical, maybe experimental PlayStation 4.5, if it similarly had a coprocessor that would boost, uh, like, almost like an SLI configuration on a PC. You mm -hmm. know, it's like, it's a, it's a second processor to, like, boost things to be 4K without looking blurry or, um, you know, give things a more stable frame rate. Because PlayStation VR, they say if, if your game is not 60 frames per second, at least then it's outright rejected. Will not pass search. Don't even submit it. Yeah, yeah cool. Uh, so, Blood, that's, re that's really interesting. And I think if that's the case, I wouldn't have a problem. Yeah. If they're just like, hey, PlayStation 4K looks great on 4K TVs, I'm like, okay, I don't need it. Right. Uh, I do, before we move on, and kind of on Ben's slippery slope point, I want to talk about Xbox One. Because recently, Phil Spencer was kind of saying, hey, we're looking into something like this. We might make the Xbox One upgradable. We might do stuff like that. Upgradable is an even weirder term. Yeah, exactly. It was way weirder. Mm. Uh, but he was being very general. He was not making any commitments. I don't think that is as far along as this PlayStation 4K is. Uh, but if PlayStation 4K comes out, is Xbox One going to have to do something like that too? Or could they stay strong with the Xbox One for a few more years? Using Xbox and strong in the same sentence, I think, is, is you're rushing that. No, no, no. They're being strong. They're, they're, they're strong. <laughs> they're strong. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> as far as I had, but, but Xbox is strong. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I just, I, I did have that thought, but I passed it, you know, if, if this was a deliberate rush, you know, by Sony to like, if, if, if both of us have accepted that, you know, not even this year, but long ago and, and then told our teams, okay, we're going to need a 4.5, go build it, you know, and then, you know, both the Xbox team and the Sony team ran off and started doing that. Yeah. And if, you know, Sony's going to reach that finish line first, if that's like them waiting for Dracula to go back in the crypt and they just go in and you're dead, you know, it's like, it's over. Even if it's going to be six months before you get an Xbox One, it's like that's not going to do anything for you. Yeah. Because because the best case scenario, everyone loves the idea and they buy all the PlayStation 4s. They're not going to buy your dumb console. Worst case scenario, like the, the industry rejects this idea, 
there's no way you can sell that, especially Microsoft and the way they've like fumbled, you know, uh, advertising on the Xbox. Um, but I'm gonna buy the dumb thing because it's better. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and I and I and I like bought a, a, a an app, you know, an iPhone 4s. I bought a you know a, a new 3ds i. You know, it's like I bought these dumb things before uh, because they were slightly better. Yeah. But I mean, that, that again speaks to like where different people are at and where they value things. You know, right? right. Like I got finally an iPhone because well, iPhone 6 was announced, so I can get a 5C for nothing. You know, so I wonder if there's that as well. Oh, if people are saying now I'll get a PS4. Yeah, 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 they'll get the PS4 because they slashed the PS4 by a hundred dollars or something like that. Um, and uh, you know, and what? then there'll be a lot of people reselling them as well. This is this is. Kind of a different conversation, but on the same note, uh, a lot of people are going to be upset at me for saying this, but I, I almost feel like very recently, in, in their own way of speaking, like, I don't, kn- I feel less confident about why I need an Xbox One more than ever before, right? Like, the, Oh, that's a whole I, other discussion. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I definitely am in but the I, same boat, because I'm like... Well, I should just buy Quantum Break on PC, right? Right, right, right. And I'm not against PC players getting those games. It's not that. But if, if Microsoft is now asking me, like, hey, man, you buy these upgrades. Like, if the majority or all of what I want is on the PC, like, why would I, why would I just stick to Xbox when I say to myself, well, maybe maybe I should just upgrade my PC? Yeah. You know, I, I, think, I think that's a conversation worth having. I think that's a conversation a lot of people are going to... Have with themselves, you know, and well, like, especially because they're trying to get the interface closer and closer and closer. So right. Windows 10 and Xbox interface being almost identical, you know. Absolutely. So, so, like, in an extreme situation, you know, just just totally theorizing here. At what point does Microsoft say, like, let's just support PC or or make something that's equivalent to a Steam box, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it might be coming soon. It might be very coming. Well, they're laying hints, aren't they? I, it seems that way. Yeah. You know what? I don't want to talk about okay. that. Okay, I'm bums sorry. Me out. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it's too far in the future, Ben. Hopefully. Uh, speaking of how far in the future, the Wii U. We got a report about the Wii U this week. Uh, just today, actually, from Nikkei, a uh, Japanese publication uh, who is almost never wrong, very on point, uh, that the Wii U has ended, will end production by the end of the year. Meaning Nintendo will no longer make any Wii U's by the end of the year. Not only that, they've already stopped making some accessories. Wow. And so, what I want to talk about this, I, w- I want to couple, talk about a couple of things. But first, let's be hopeful, let's not be down on the, the Wii U. Let's talk about what kind of implications this has on the NX, which I think is huge. Yeah, well, this is the most convincing argument I've ever heard that the NX is right. imminent. Yeah. Uh, right. uh, and I'll make, make it clear that Nintendo has denied, uh, you know, they haven't confirmed the reports at all. Like, Very true. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. like, this didn't come from us. This this is, what are you true. guys talking about? Come on. Yeah, yeah. But of course, the problem is, is, you know, there have been times where these reports have come out and they've been nothing. Yeah. And there have been other times where these reports have come out. And Nintendo's like, oh, no, 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 no. And then, like, two days later, they announced the very thing that was reported. The new 3DS or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I think they're, honestly, I think 
at home, I think you have every reason to believe that this is probably very true, that they are ending production. Well, I mean, it, it, not to go back to the thing we were just talking about, this is just a weird console, Jed. <laughs> you know, this is, oh, sure. sure. It, it, everyone's, yeah. ha- everyone's having to rewrite the rules, you know? Like, the whole period leading up to the release of the Xbox One and PS4 was super weird, and you know, none of us were really prepared for it. And yeah. then, you know, like, how these consoles has, have performed, how they've handled, you know, each of their big, you know, media events. And how they're handling this this technology jump. The one point that I was going to bring on the 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 PS4 thing that I think is interesting because it makes you upset. I don't think that's really going to piss off people. I think it's I think that's an announcement that like Sony fans are actually going to get really excited about. You know? Oh, the NX. Yeah. Uh, no, the the four point five. You think people are going to be excited when they say that? I think so. Oh boy, mm. Jones. I think Sony fans are going to be like, I, I, I want it. Oh my God, look at that thing. It's beautiful. I, want I mean, it. I can tell you right now, the inter- the internet sentiment is going the other way. Okay. The, but I mean, there is always that group yeah. group of people that are so devoted to a single company that they think anything they do is good, right? Right. Like, oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I, I, I do I, agree. Yeah. I think the general sentiment is going to go the opposite. Uh, but I, I think the people who, when Nintendo says, hey, we're done with the Wii U onto the NX, I think far fewer people will be mad. I, I think people oh, are so ready to bury yeah, yeah. that Wii U. I, I agree with you, but but there's there's a point that I, I thought of that stories like this are so frustrating for me. Sure. Um, and another story that's really frustrating for me is you, you have these conversations with, with people that aren't as heavily invested in games, and right you're having this conversation, you're like, oh man, Bayonetta 2 is amazing. And then they say to you, well, I don't really want to get a Wii U. There's there's not that many games in it. I heard it's not as good. Like yeah. they just they just read the news and they're saying like, oh, the Wii U is underperforming. It's the same situation here. Like you're gonna this this stuff like they're ending production on the Wii U. Like let's say Star Fox Zero comes out and is incredible. Yeah. You're going to have to fight against the fact that people are gonna be like, well, they're not supporting the Wii U anymore. Maybe I shouldn't play this great game. And it like it creates these situations where potentially incredible things don't get the attention they deserve because of outside factors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's it, why Nintendo should deny this it, rumor it, at all costs. And it yeah. drives me nuts. I wish people didn't think that way. It makes it makes sense in a, in a way, but I just... I feel like there's so many cases where excellent games get buried because of some preconceived notion. Well, I think that... Yeah, and I, I think it's also points to, you know, what's already fairly likely that NX will be backward compatible. In some way, one way or another. I'm willing to bet otherwise. I'm willing to bet otherwise as well. I mean, they have been backward compatible since they moved to discs. Yeah, but the NX, the Wii U is weird. It's hard to backwards. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like it, really, really it, it hard. For it to be backwards but compatible, yeah. you need a you need a gamepad. Yeah. It needs to support the gamepad. Yeah. I don't know, blood, but I keep going on that point. Let's say yes, that it is backwards compatible. You think that's not a big deal then? Um, I mean, I think that this, I think that this points towards the likelihood of it being backwards compatible because. You know they they're going to want to sell more of these games so that they they put a lot of investment into and definitely not gotten that investment back. Yeah, uh, I did want to talk about that because like Nintendo usually, I mean they do do backwards compatibility. They also usually sell their old console for a long time right after their new one is out. Everybody there. does. I mean, Everybody it, does. There's, there's at least one year crossover. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so to just shut it off hard once they release their. But new manufacturing games, doesn't mean they won't have any, so they could yeah. just have too many right now and be like, well, nobody's going to buy this thing, especially yeah. when we have an NX out there. It's yeah. like it's like moving out of one apartment on Friday and moving into another one on Monday. Like, yeah, you could do it, I guess, but it's very risky. You should probably have a month, like, layover. Um, the only other time I can think that this happened was when the Xbox 360 came out. They shut off the Xbox hard. Like, really mean. They just, like, stopped making it because they wanted everybody to move to 360. Um, is that good? 
I don't know. I guess we kind of already decided that, like, yeah, we're cool with it, especially if it's backwards compatible. What I want to talk about along those lines is the legacy of the Wii U. I think we have to assume the Wii U is dead at the end of this year. We got to look at absolutely. The well, time. we don't. There's nothing we know now, as of today, that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. That we should look forward to. Other yeah. than Zelda. Ze- yeah, Zelda is. The it. Star Fox is coming. No, we have that. Star Fox, sure. That but I mean, you even look at the output. You know, like. You know, well, the, I, the, I don't the past I, the year. The, oh, you yeah. know that one thing that one guy mentioned. Yeah, what's happening with that? There's oh, none of Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Beyond yeah. Zelda, <laughs> you're right. That's that's all. I, I mean, what the, uh, you know, if you look at like a lot of these things, like the Mario Party and the Amiibo thing, and like. Nintendo isn't putting their best foot forward for a reason. You know, it's like, oh, you mean our filler year? The, yeah, the filler it's, year it's a total like crop of filler games there, and even even them like throwing like Project Guard into Star Fox to like really encourage people to buy that game. <laughs> you know? And it, yeah, wait, hold on. We should we should stop for a second and talk about that because that is insane. Yeah. What is Project Guard and what 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 does it have to do with Star Fox? There were two separate demos at E3 a Mm -hmm. couple years back where, like, here is what we could do with the Star Fox game. Yeah. Because the the problem was that nobody was seeing why anyone should care about a gamepad. Yeah, and Nintendo wanted to prove it. So one of them was Star Fox, and it was showing you could fly one way and you could look the other way and shoot. Yeah. And then the other one was Project Guard, where it was like you had this monitor of all of these different cameras, Mm -hmm. and now they've taken both of them and both. And it's like one Star Fox or two Star Fox games in one package. Yeah. But the box art, <laughs> the box art is the best part of Project Guard. It's really Guard. cool. Or you, Star you, Fox Guard now. You play as Slippy. Yeah, you're a, you play as Slippy, and you have Uncle Grippy. Oh, Grippy is that his name? Uncle yeah. Grippy is is, an, is a frog with a mustache, uh, of course. And like you are you are controlling the security cameras on some planet. And that's can't you even like create your own and but, stuff like that. Yeah, you can create your own levels. Other than other than the Star Fox skin, I mean, at its core, this this what, what you want to see in those demos, right? That people are importing on. Yeah. You want to see that kernel of an idea evolve into like a full game, where they're like, "Wow, they really took this idea and fleshed it out in incredible ways." This is just that idea. They well, didn't, yes, you know, like, maybe it's not a full game. Because I mean, right. like, if, again, it does if not you go prove back, that the Wii U is a viable, the gamepad was viable ever. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I mean, I, I feel like. It's one of those things where, like, it could be until you play it, you don't know. Yeah. Because, like, I feel like Captain Toad, if I just saw a couple of Captain Toad levels and, like, okay, I wouldn't have had any idea. I would love that whole game. Yeah. Uh, But what I want to talk about along those lines is this this feeling we have right now about the Wii U. Mm -hmm. Will that be how we feel about it five years from now? Is this going to be the legacy of the Wii U? Absolutely not. Will the Wii U have a legacy? Absolutely not. Yeah. What do you think the legacy is going to be? The legacy, like... I would bet my life that the legacy will almost be identical. Not identical, but... Okay, not identical. But comparable to the Dreamcast, right? Yeah. At the time of the Dreamcast, the the general public was either total indifference... Or made fun of it. Or made fun of it. I made fun of the Dreamcast. You're right. Really? Absolutely. I totally absolutely, forgot about absolutely. it. <laughs> every, every person on the internet... like What happens is enough time passes, these... These people, these very knowledgeable people that know way too much about a specific thing are like, no, actually, the Dreamcast is great because of these reasons. And then they make a video or an article about it. And then people are like, 
oh yeah, that is cool. And we don't get stuff like that anymore. Yeah. Totally gonna happen. You're I'd going t- to see <laughs> you're going to see like Banner 2 is the best thing ever. Tropical Freeze is the most underrated platform. Go play it. Mm-hmm. And then you're just going to see this cult of personality grow and grow and grow and grow. And people are gonna be like, no man, you just didn't get the GameCube. Or sorry. <laughs> yeah. Freddy and Slip there. Yeah. <laughs> you just didn't you just didn't get the Wii U. You just didn't get it, man. And that's gonna catch on. Uh Jones, you seem skeptical. Do you think the Wii U will always be a little trash child? Um, no, you make, you bring up a good point. Yeah, Dreamcast is a really interesting comparison, especially because it's like you you, you, you want it's like you, you think about Power Stone and uh, Soul Calibur and like your favorite like Dreamcast game, Tony Hawk. You know, like these like amazing like Dreamcast games, and then uh, you think about the console and you kind of get like mad at the console. You're just like, no, I wanted that to be more. But God, those games are so good. Yeah, you ever go back and you pick up that? It's like God, why do they have to do stupid gamepad? And, and like, like I was like. I was like going through games when we were packing stuff up. We were packing up the library. I'm like going through stuff and I'm like grabbing the Wii U game. I'm like, am I going to want any of these Wii U games? And I'm like, oh, here's Wii Sports. Why didn't we talk about Wii Sports and the Wii U? Like, why wasn't that a thing? It, it, it was, why wasn't it like when Wii Sports was came to the Wii U, it was like, <gasps> yeah. yeah, it's back, another one. Like, yeah. no, the same would. with Wii Fit. Like, Nintendo expected those two things, I think, to be big hits. And so it's just like, I'm just yeah. raging on these opportunities yeah. that weren't fulfilled. And then it's just like every every five minutes I see of Tropical Freeze that I haven't seen before. It's just magic every every time, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think, I think it's going to be the affinity towards a select group of games that defined the uniqueness of the console and it's just general frustration towards the actual hardware itself. What, what if... In some bizarre future, like <laughs> 10 to 15 and 20 years from now, mm-hmm. like, okay, Retro Studios comes out, they make these, like, killer Metroid games. They're just unbelievable. Yeah. And they keep doing that for a while. And then, like, the opposite happens where people are like, go back to Donkey Kong! <laughs> 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 ben, I promise you that will be me. I'm going to be oh. so mad when they're just like That's another Metroid. excellent first person Metroid. And like, oh, I want a dunk. <laughs> yeah, no, that'll be me for sure. Uh, I'm not ready to move uh. on to bad news yet, actually. Okay. Uh, we've, we've done too much bad news. So, Blood, it's time now for Blood's GDC Minute. Blood got to go to GDC. <laughs> yeah. You were there, and you have some highlights about like your experiences there, what you got to see and learn. So please share that with us it's, now. Honestly, it's one of the coolest trade shows I've ever gone to. Whoa. Simply because of the context that I was not there for work. Mm. Okay. In, in like a real way. Like, it was, it was just like, I, like, everybody here is community and family, and hey, let's all hang out and learn from each other kind of kind of vibe yeah um and i i i did play a few games uh i did get i got into like multiple vr demos not because i want to go see those vr demos but because i went to see somebody at that booth and talk to them and they're like hey do you want to play this okay (laughs) um so yeah so i got to do uh at epic's booth i got to do bullet train which is like you pick up guns and you shoot guys and you teleport around the room yeah it was pretty cool it was one of the you know ones that felt more like oh this is an actual game so when you say pick up guns you're using a vive i assume uh that one was uh oculus rift with the oculus touch okay yeah so how was that uh it was it was pretty good it's funny though because it's like i feel like they're trying to accommodate people's newness to this so much that like the AI is deliberately dumbed down. Oh, okay. Because, like, you, to solve the walking problem with this, like, you just teleport to different points around the the arena, around the train station. Um, no. And, <laughs> yeah, it's a little weird. So you can dodge and stuff like that, but then you teleport. But when you teleport, the guys are like, well, where'd you go? And it's that it happens for, like, a little bit too long. And they're like, I'm going to shoot you. Ha, ha, ha. You know, so. But then you can also, like, grab bullets out of the air and throw them back. So it's weird because it's like... 
there's this mix of like this is really incredible but this is like if i weren't in vr this would be not a great demo sure. <laughs> but uh yeah. um but still uh it's it's cool to see like all of that stuff working fairly well and then the um the other one they had at epics was uh the lightsaber thing where you, you basically you know the millennium falcon lands um you pull down something try to fix some stuff and then r2 you know, you, you grab the, the lightsaber from R2, and then stormtroopers come up behind you, and you start deflecting. You gotta the... start with this, blood. You gotta open with Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. whoa. So this is real Star Wars? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so it's a very brief demo. Basically, all you do is push a couple buttons and what then swing a lightsaber. What booth was that in? It was, was an Epic's like... booth. Oh, an Epic's booth. Oh. Yeah. Oh, because it's running on Unreal, right? Yeah. Okay. Based on Brandon Jones's face right now, I can guarantee you a portion of the Easy Allies budget is now going to. (laughs) So that was on the that was on the vibe. The the Millennium Falcon is when you really got lightsaber was Millennium Falcon. He's in. Yeah. So yeah, there's a stormtroopers coming at you, shooting you, and you've got to have the light. You just got to judge like when it's the right. Is it like playing baseball? You just got to hit the ball back at him. Um, What did it feel like though? Did it feel like you were there? Yeah, and it was it felt one to one. The one thing I will say with that one in particular was, you know, the vibe is or the vibe is a little bit more encouraging people to move around. But so I was I was doing the Falcon one way, and then the guys came up behind me, and so when I turned around, then like the cord sort of wrapped around my leg, huh. and I'm like, right. okay, well I won't, won't move too much now. <laughs> huh. um, That's an issue, man. I guess. Yeah. But the, uh, the coolest thing, actually, with the VR stuff was something I didn't actually get to experience. But I, I saw the demo on stage, and it was very much like the demo, a demo I did with the Oculus last, last year. And it was a PlayStation VR. And um, it, was, it was a network multiplayer thing. So it's online, uh, and they had three people there. Uh, but they say that they've done this um, like across international boundaries. So like people in Japan and America. Social and, VR. Yeah. Yeah. And so... So it's cool because it's like you really, really get this sense that you're in the room with these people that are just all over the place. And they did some really neat stuff. Um, like if you turned your head towards somebody, they had animated eyes that like would basically make eye contact with you. Uh-huh. And when you talk, the, the mouths would animate as well to, to match. And so really, like even though you're looking at a bunch of cartoon people, it, like it feels like you're, you're having fun and you're, you're throwing snowballs at each other and jumping on trampolines and whatever. Uh, and so I think in that... In five years, we won't even have to be in the same room. Right. You don't know how much I want that. <laughs> so but that's, why, that's why I think like Sony is being super smart is like showing like multiplayer stuff yeah. more than other people. Yeah. Um, because same thing, uh, it's, they, they announced that it's going to launch a play, Playroom VR, which... Oh, right. Four, four people using controllers and one person in a headset, and then they've done things so that like... Um, what people see on the TV, there's also a TV in the room. So like when people are picking menus, like you're kind of connected to what they're doing. Um, or that like when you're playing as the Godzilla monster, like there's like camera shots of you so that you have an idea of like what you look like to the other people. Oh, okay. And so that kind of thing. So you kind of get into your role. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. So yeah, VR was definitely a high point. And and it was actually, this TDC was a lot of VR and a lot of indies. You didn't see a lot of like big AAA games Did around. Did you get to go to any panels? I went to quite a few panels and okay. that was actually really cool too. What was the best panel? Some, what was the good best one? The best panel. Yeah. There is there is a lot of good ones. Um, there was one that was a Diablo post mortem. I told you some great stories there. Mm-hmm. There was a guy who had pirated Diablo when a kid who came up during the QA and then handed the guy the money that he owed from pirating. That's cool. Um, but like lots of like 
cool stories about like how that hole went up. And the design documents are like public now. Yeah, he put the design documents up. Wow. They're really cool to look oh, at. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Do yourself a favor, Google them because they're worth looking at. Um, yeah. Man, what was I went? Well, I went to the Lawbreakers one with with Cliff B and because Rohan was at that one. Uh, I went to a really fascinating talk with the guy that did the Mega Man Legacy Collection, talking about how we don't do enough to like honor like the back catalog of games, and it's like really hard to get a hold of old games. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He talks a lot about this on the show. This scares yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. And and he was also talking about like the industry is afraid of emulation, even though anytime emulation itself has been brought to court, like it's it's legal. You can emulate machines it's perfectly fine don't be afraid of it and i guess mame is going open source which is a, a big deal to, to him and to people in that and that's, team that's arcade right mame is arcade so yeah cool um and then um uh, but yeah so that was fascinating talk i'm trying to remember what some of that i went to a bunch of witcher things on like the uh just like the tools that they use for the dialogue and then like the musicians that they used so i have to ask you then like you're sitting in a room you're sitting in a panel that's designed for game developers and they're talking about their tools are you able to follow along and like learn or is it all over your head Oh no! It wasn't, definitely wasn't all in my head because like the the cinematic dialogue tools look very much like an editing timeline. You know, it's just a lot more details. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it depends on the panel, of course. You know, but then like I sat in on one where it was like you know uh, it was geared towards indie devs and like hey anyone can do PR and like and they kind of go with the beats of like the right way to introduce your game and the kind of timeline of things that you sh you should hit and it kind of goes into a lot of stuff we talk about on trailer score back in the mm. day you know it's just like it's like oh yeah i recognize everything that you're talking about it's just from the other side a different perspective right i what i honestly believe and I, I am completely guilty of this i am not i am not admonishing people and not recognizing it myself but i i think one of the greatest sins of gaming journalism and like this profession and if you want to call it that whatever we don't have to get hung up on what it's called but the fact that you don't have to know more about game design to write about games like you just have to be knowledgeable about the games themselves, and you have to be like a fan, and you have to you, you have to understand it like at a certain level, but you don't have to understand like how that process comes to be. And I think that would be so much more valuable if we prize that at, at a higher level. Oh, like, the, the knowledge of yeah, how things are made. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, yes. dude. I like you. You look at sports, right? And the the people, the 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 commentators that really get the attention, that really get the praise, are the people that that did it themselves. Collinsworth, like, my yeah, boy. Yeah, they have they have a history of this sport because they've been through it. They yeah. can talk about how it felt to get hit by that guy, yeah. right? Yeah, it's not yeah. just like they, they like they they have way more knowledge than somebody that's just sitting back and watching the couch. And I think, like, I don't know if other, like the thing is, is I don't know if the audience feels the same way. But as somebody who's been writing about it, like. There are so many interviews with games developers that I see that are woefully inadequate. Like, if you're asking, like, so, how many players are there in multiplayer? Like, you, you, you could get so much more out of that interview if you understood what they were trying to accomplish. Yeah. Well, that is kind of the funny thing. Like, the PlayStation VR panel I went to, which I think probably was one of the better panels I, I, I did. You know, like, he started off with, you know, correcting the audience on something that had been widely misreported. You know? It was just right. Kind of, what was that? Uh, about the the processing unit, you know, people calling it a GPU or, or CPU or something like that, and it's like, no, it's just, it does these specific things. And it's... so let's set the record straight then. Uh, so when you buy a PlayStation VR, it comes with a little box outside yeah. of it, I've, and people saw I... that box and they're like, oh, so that makes the PS4 stronger. Right. We learned the truth about what that will be later on. But yeah. What so is if, I can, so... if I can find it, you can keep talking. I think it actually it's for uh, adjusting the frame rate. I think is actually what the box does, right? It makes it so. Well, it handles the social screen. 
Oh, okay. That's um, so, like, yeah, that one that goes back out. Um, oh, dude. No, that was... Okay, so I'm not going to worry about that. I I'm, love that you were I, taking notes during these seminars. But uh, okay. Like, it's, okay, so the, what, they, what he was saying is it's not a CPU or GPU or a PS4 expansion, which is, I yeah. think, some people were referring it to that way. Um, but it does the 3D audio processing, oh, and it cool. does the social screen. And now the 3D audio with VR... Like, and I was actually uh, staying with a, a composer who was in my room. Yeah. This is the most mind-blowing thing because you basically have to forget everything about how you handle and mix audio for VR. Because it's, like, way harder? It's No, it's just com it's a completely different pipeline. Okay. Like, you send the, the audio signal as a mono source, and then you assign it to points in the virtual space. So you don't try to mix it a certain way. Like, it... It, it processes it in, yeah, based on where you're looking and all that craziness. That is very crazy. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's it's like you know it's, you know and trying to relay that third hand is is hard, but it was fascinating to hear about like, man, and and all the audio people I was around were similarly having to wrap their head around that, and and people were saying it's like, devs, get your audio people in as early as possible because you need to rethink how this works. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. But. Then the just the biggest cool takeaway from GDC again is like I said, just that family vibe. And just, I mean, I'm serious. Every day, I would be walking around and people would come up, introduce themselves. I had my lunch ticket to a guy to get my lunch, and was like, "Oh, hey, I'm a big fan." And like, I'm so sorry for whatever you have. And, was, and then because I got married, it was like I always had the congratulations. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Conversation. Let's well, start with I'm sorry, everybody. Countless people, uh, but you know, it's like. I decided, like, okay, I'm not just going to sit at the first lunch table. I'm going to look around. It's like, oh, there's Andrew Renee, you know, and I sit down and have lunch with Andrew Renee, you know, so just a lot of really cool things like that. Which of these two is your wedding band? This one. Nice. Let's get a look. Yeah. Look nice. <laughs> Congratulations, Blood Congratulations, Blood Yeah. Um, so we do have bad news. Uh, we've done our congratulations. Now we have to say I'm sorry. Uh, there was a studio shut down. Evolution Studios was shut down by Sony. Not the only one, actually. You uh, have more? This is a development Yeah, story? yeah. Well, the Lion had a few weeks back. Right. Oh, sure. And then there are some other Microsoft studios. Uh, I don't that remember was, the name uh, off the top of my head. That was Press Play. Press Play, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Evolution is kind of a big deal. It's a huge deal. Yeah. They put out... I mean, all of them are a big deal, actually, but... But Drive Club... Was it just called Drive Club Bikes? The expansion. The Drive Club expansion. Drive Club expansion came out a few months ago, yeah. Just in October. Yeah. And so this is crazy. Brandon, I might make you read Sony's press release. Okay. Because they, oh, I haven't read that yet. They explained why they shut down Evolution. All right. Uh, I need you to read this in a dry British accent. Okay. Uh, it starts right here with reviews. Regular reviews take place throughout SCE Worldwide Studios, ensuring that the resources that we have in such a competitive landscape can create and produce high-quality, innovative, and commercially viable projects. As part of this process, we have reviewed and assessed all current projects and plans for the short and medium term, medium term, I like that, <laughs> and have decided to make some changes to the European studio structure. As a result, it has been decided that Evolution Studio will close. It is regrettable that this decision will lead to compulsory redundancies. Okay, you can stop there. Okay. <laughs> compulsory redundancies. That's a very British way of saying layoffs, yeah. Yeah. Um. It bums me out. The language really bums me out. I realize, like, obviously people, you know, you gotta shut studios down. It happens. But there was also, we accept that this decision will mean that we risk losing high caliber staff. And it's the, the European caliber. Mm-hmm. Ari. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Well, uh, terrible, but... Amusing in its weird way. Yeah. Um, this breaks my heart. Yeah. Well, I mean, the director 
is actually a fan of us. Yeah, he's corrected us in the past, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's, you know, he's been behind. Yeah, so that's kind of the weird thing. Like, people who were even giving uh, Shu some some headaches earlier because it's like, because, you know, he's talking about supporting us and then he's like, right. it's like, yeah, what are you going to do? You're going to, you know, get rid of them too. I saw that, yeah, yeah. I, did. I wasn't I sure what she oh, was yeah. referencing. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the Wipeout Studio too. He has to, you know, studios have to shut down. I guess what I wanted to ask the panel is... Did Sony... I'm trying to be super polite here. With with Gran Turismo coming. Gran Turismo Sport is right. coming. Mm-hmm. Like, did they need Drive Club? Did they ever need Drive Club? You know what I mean? Should they have continued to well, support I, Drive Club? I think that's where the... I think that's where the, the market is unfortunately with racing games right now is yeah. that it, it's like you either hit it out of the park completely or you you've got a rough time yeah. from, from these big studios like they you know and and you know this is a racing studio this is what they've been making yeah we should say that actually the you other know, game is like motorstorm motorstorm right? series yeah. last gen and uh before that they had some some rally games and and a whole bunch of other stuff but it's always that they've been very laser focused on racing games and you know it's it's very hard to seemingly to sell arcade racing games anymore you know it's like you just have these super high boutique racing games um that you know seem to be the last kind of parts of the market or very cheap cheap games yeah indie games there's there's indie racing games that aren't bad right yeah for sure i I can't help but be frustrated and i want i want to Gauge your guys' thoughts on this because it might just be me, but you know when Drive Club came out, it was it was criticized for for lack of features, rightfully so, and 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 other things, right? Well, yeah, yeah, it had a a, a complete network failure. Right, right, yeah. and and you know, over time, the way that Evolution supported that game and and the stuff that they put in, I mean, if you if you were to track the online conversations and and the tone in in what people were saying changed so dramatically, but that game got reviewed once. You know, and I'm not saying it shouldn't have been criticized. I'm not saying it should have gotten a free pass, but it's just it's weird to me that like obviously out of the gate is incredibly important, but the way that games work now, the way that they are, like that gradual shift over time matters also. Yeah. And it, I feel like we're still constrained to this super limited re- review system that doesn't properly accommodate that. Like, I, I have to wonder if reviews work differently if we'd be reading this story right now. Oh, yeah. Honest, oh, I don't know if we should do this because we have a limited amount of time, but, like, can we can we talk about Street Fighter V in relation to this? I think absolutely. it really into there. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Because I feel like Street Fighter V will always be bad in the public eye. Yeah, but but will it always deserve to be viewed bad in the public eye? And some people are going to say, you know what, it, it sucked out of the gate, like, it deserves that stigma. Yeah. But I'm... I'm not so sure, you know, like that's, that's not, that's not how life works. Like just right. because you, you mess something up at once, it doesn't mean you can't get better and be a different thing and transform. Yeah. I, th- I think it's, it's, it's an issue that has not been solved, especially because it's, you know, very much kind of held on to by the Metacritics and things, right? Absolutely. You know, he's like, you go and it's like, oh, you know, the drive clubs, 20 bucks this month, should I buy it or not? And you look at Metacritic and it's like, oh, just 5.8 or whatever it is you know and it's, and it's like well no it was a 5.8 on launch day when hardly right. anyone could play it you know now if everyone reviewed it maybe it would be a a, a 7.9 or an 8.2 you know it's like it has changed very dramatically yeah. since then and, and you have to wonder like i i know so many people that that 
they'll get on Amazon and be like, oh, there's a sale on this game that I've been kind of interested in. They will go to Metacritic and be like, nope, sorry, 70 ain't good enough for me. Like, yeah. that happens all the for time. For my $60. Because yeah. it honestly becomes, it comes a money proposition, I think, mm-hmm. a lot of the times. Yeah. Jones is grimacing. He's hurt. He's I have a very unpopular opinion about this. Oh, here oh, hit we it. go. Hit oh, that's what we want. Bring mm-hmm. it on. Here we go. What it's, is it? It's got to be a level playing field. Some people didn't have that problem. Some people launched their game worked. It was fine. Okay. You chose to make a game that was reliant entirely on internet code and it didn't work. Sorry. But you can't. Wait, no. Review our game next week. Review Division in two weeks. But review Firewatch now. Like, oh, okay. Well, how, when, when should I score? And then when does the score stop? You know, it's like, what, wait, is it two months or a, you know, five, five years if it was remastered? Is, does that affect my opinion of, oh, got to go back and redo the old thing? Because now that I look at that texture mm-hmm. remaster, that cliff looked real good. I don't think I gave that sunset that did's do back then. Sorry, you, you game launched. That's it's Brand, go time. Brian, what's what's crazy is no one would watch reviews if we changed right. the structure. It would right. just, it would just right. it would, the whole concept of the review yeah. process would just drop because it's like I don't know what that means. It's just all we just want to all shake hands, and be happy about everything, and it's like it's that it's that fear. It's that that's why you you know, put the review at the end. That's why when we were like, oh, we'll put scores on our front page. We were like, what are you doing? It's the whole the whole reason I'm watching this is because like I want that 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 build up to like what. Where, where the culmination of the whole development process of this game, and it's got to have an ending. It can't end and then end and then end and then end again. I totally, I actually totally agree with you. I think but it's a problem at the same time. I'll admit yeah. that for sure. No, no. The thing is, is you're absolutely right. Like, there's, there's no reason that like a game that knocks everything out of the park right away, like the game that didn't shouldn't like catch up to that game or get an extended period of time. That doesn't make any sense. You're one hundred percent right. I'm, I'm on board with everything you said, but. The, the the stuff that comes after matters. Do you think that stuff doesn't matter critically? Uh, it as far as no, but in, you can criticize a game without changing your score. You know, you can right. still criticize and you can still talk about it. Yeah, but, I, but I the think, problem is, is like people care about the score. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the problem is is that there's 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 honestly not a good solution. There isn't because you know, I mean, you basically like you know, as a reviewer, you know, when we get back to reviews, hopefully, you know, soon. But uh, as a reviewer, it's like you, you want to have a review out there as soon as people can buy the game so that they have the information. Yeah. But at the same time, like we're saying, it's like, well, this review is now a snapshot on a moving target. You know, and it's like, but you don't have the man hours to update that snapshot. And if you're not experiencing the game for the first time, your perception's not going to be the same. And it's just super, everything about it is super weird. Like, your returns are diminishing no matter what. If everyone yeah. in the industry agreed to never review another game, we're never going to do it. Like, we're all just, <laughs> the review's stopped. Yeah. It's, it's, you're just, you're just writing purely on, you know, everybody on the internet, spreading good vibes and saying good things, quotes, you know, mm-hmm. from events and stuff like that. That's all you have. It, popularity is going to drop. It's just the other games are going to come out. Like you have that's that's your week. It's it. That's your shot. Yeah. That's why we freak about well, the movies that launch at the same time. Like, what are you doing? Why don't you just wait a week and then then that's your week? You know. And so it's like the launch is that first impression. Yeah. That first week of people logging onto Twitch and saying, "What is this?" That's so important. And I, if you know, if I'm a Capcom and I'm I'm looking at like this Street Fighters is one of our major things. I'm going to Sony. Like, okay, well, you know, if you're going to help us make this game, this code, it's got to work. And and, and you know, I, uh, I I might want to do a little more research on this because I was fascinated by it but at the time. And then I think back and I go, wait, it's Activision. So maybe I want to, like, you know, just re- read the fine print here. But, like, Call of Duty has never had this issue, ever. 
of ever. What? Of what? Uh, of, oh, the Call of Duty launched and no, no one could play multiplayer matches. It always I think works. they've had some very they've serious, had, serious issues, issues on PC. But, but yeah, not yeah. like, yeah, like maybe like a, a game or two, but it's not something where like another Call of Duty comes out and you're like, here we go again. You know, that like, there, like there have been, yeah. yeah. Whereas like, the, you know, Battlefield 4, all right, you know, here we go again. Like, what's this next yeah. one going to be Well, like? you know, here's another so very... so So... The, the difference is there to me also about companies that choose the Activision's making the point that Call of Duty cannot be known for this. But, we, we, it doesn't matter what it takes. We have to make that work. But there there are so many inconsistencies though, right? Because Destiny comes out, okay? Gets gets critically panned in a lot of instances, right? Just because they come out with something that is called an expansion, right? They get another review mm. and I feel like they get to have the the critic the metacritic change for them because people are going to be looking at for reviews of destiny of the taken king not destiny not everybody chooses to do a model like that right some somebody will there there are so many developers nowadays that will come out with like one gig patches three gig patches five gig patches 12 gig patches especially on pc that for whatever reason can't call it an expansion but never get the chance for that work to be recognized in an official critical way that doesn't make any sense um here, here's a okay Clarify something, which I'm pretty sure I know the answer to. Okay. Did Street Fighter V uh, have a Japanese arcade release? No. No, it didn't have any arcade release at all. Exactly. Sure. So here's so here's what I, I, I think is also kind of maybe hampering people is we are moving towards worldwide releases. And a lot of these issues, honestly, were Japanese issues you know, on certain games that got figured out and ironed out before the rest of the world got a hold right. of it. And I know, like, you know, personally, my experience uh, with uh, the Wind Waker, for instance, you know, uh, the, you know, the whole Triforce fetch quest at the end? Yeah. Uh, like, people complain about that still. It was actually way worse than the Japanese version. And they took that feedback, and they made it better, and then before it came out in the U.S., it was, it was streamlined. You know, it still wasn't perfect, but it was streamlined. And there there's a lot of things like that that happen, uh, which now that, like, you got one chance. Right. Before you know they the had a couple of chances, yeah. There should be more soft launches in Australia. Right. <laughs> That's the solution. Soft launch in Australia. Hi, Australia. And then when it comes out here, we'll like give it a good review. <laughs> that is funny, though, Blood, is you're right. In many cases, like Final Fantasy games as well. Final yeah. Fantasies improve. And then from, they'll re-release yeah, it in Japan. The international. the international version. There's there's one thing that I want to bring up for the Capcom thing. I still think they're, they should absolutely be criticized, but... What Street Fighter Five is a direct response to Street Fighter Four and Street Fighter Cross Tekken, right? Where they they saw the anger that like six months later there was like super you know like they didn't people didn't like buying super version, buying ultra versions, buying arcade versions. They they saw the anger about that and so like okay we're going to propose Street Fighter Five as a service. We're going to communicate to people that this is something you're investing in now. It's going to get better over time. They, I guarantee you, they they didn't know that the response was going to be like, oh, why isn't there all this stuff? Like they didn't, they it didn't make sense to them. Like this was their first time trying out a model like this, and they completely miscalculated what people wanted out of that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I also, I honestly, Ben, I really think they rushed it out to like hit a mark. Do you, do you think it's because I agree with that too? I think they got it out for Evo for for the professional scene but do you think do you think it is a combination of both of those things no no i don't think it's for evo i think it was for like capcom's financials like oh we need to sell a game right now hmm. before the quarter is over or whatever mm -hmm. i think that's honestly that's what it looks like to me i think a capcom ceo doesn't even know what evo is uh, i don't know 
Uh, we should move on though. I don't like talking about studios closing, as you know, we got shut down. We we know what that feels like. It happens. Uh, let's move on to love and respect. Love and respect. So uh, these come from our patrons. Uh, if you pay, I think five dollars or more is the tier. Uh, you can send us any topics you'd like covered in the love and respect segment of the show. Uh, let's do, let's do this one. Uh, yeah, this could, might be an interesting discussion. Okay, this comes from Dan Sebring. I'd, uh, like to know the panel's thoughts on the fact that in every other game, action, adventure, RPG at least, the main protagonist is all too often a hero of some sort, likely with the fate of the world or humanity <laughs> on his or her shoulders. Darn right. At least myself can feel a bit tired of the fact that my character is supposed to be this greatest of the great, one of a kind, savior type. I find it difficult to really relate to them uh, compared to if I just play the average Joe just trying to my best to survive or perhaps save that one person I love or whatever and be happy with that. Not always do the stakes have to be so high. Haven't we saved the world enough times already? Yeah. Dude. Like Catherine, something immediately jumps to mind. You were, you found, you like that, that was I have not, I've not played Catherine, okay. but I think, of, I think of him as being a very uncharacteristic, you know. Sure. Protagonist. Uh, fallible protagonist that's just trying to, to not piss his girlfriend off. You yeah. know, it's like, that's as bad as it's going to get, <laughs> you know, or like, or you're going to get, you know, forced into a marriage you don't want or have a kid you don't want or whatever, you know. Um, so, uh, I, uh, uh, Telltale also, I think, does a good job out of making uh, very interesting characters out of just kind of like a farmer or like a dude or like sure. a, a cop or, you know. Um, so, uh, it's, they're, they're there, but yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm not necessarily making a point. It's just, these are just games that are spouting. Well, hold on. Your first comment actually was, hell yeah. It sounds like you like saving the world. Um, yeah, it's it's fun. I, I, I like. I'm. Uh, I love the Assassin's Creed franchise, and that's definitely one where it's like You're now now meet this person. That's the most important person of that <laughs> century. Like okay, yeah, you know, um, and just the whole the whole mythos around assassins is hilarious to me. They all get their hoods up, walking through town, <laughs> gold plated everything. They're just like, oh, there goes Ted. Anyway, it's like what? That's clearly it's him. <laughs> it's that guy. <laughs> What do you what do you you feel conflicted on this? I hear no no no. I, I feel very straightforward on this. Oh um, whoa, okay. What's up? It's uh, in big companies and publicly owned companies. The way video games get made is like the most depressing thing ever. It's soul crushing. It's awful. Um, like things. The only way things get made is based on what is perceived as successful. Um, take the the MMO the MMO genre. People are getting mad at me for this because I love MMOs. I play them all the time. The MMO genre, in a way, is like the most creatively stagnant genre out there in terms of setting and tone. Sure. Right? Okay. Like, how many MMOs can you think of that are not set in space or in some fantasy realm? Oh, no. I bet you can't name 10. (laughs) Yeah. Like... Because when new MMOs come out, the questions people are asking are, "What's the combat going to be like? What's the progression? What's the end game? You know, yeah. what 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 character customization is going to be?" So they they hear this feedback and they see this feedback and they're like, "Okay, we just got to nail that stuff." And well, let's do a setting and a tone that's successful, right? Like outside of a few instances here or there, people are not showing that they care about an MMO that isn't in a fantasy realm or in space. So until that shift happens, until there is a presence for that voice it's that is what you're going to get until the end of time blood where do you how do you feel about this man are you sick of saving the world oh yeah oh yeah i mean and it's one of the, you know it's like i'm sounding like a broken record now it was one of the things that you know has attracted me with the witcher you know is because 
Like, there is sort of that in the backstory a little bit, but it's not what you're directly involved with. You know, you're like, the world is kind of going on, like, in spite of what you try to do, you know, uh, there, and, and you help this person or that person, but even then, when you try to help somebody, they might get pissed off at you, or they might die anyways, or trying to help somebody will cause some other horrible thing to happen. Yeah. You know, so it's, yeah, I, I, and I think that there's a lot of those, uh, just like, yeah, there's there's been so much raising the stakes, raising the stakes, raising the stakes, that like, okay, like, we gotta stop sometime, right? Just like, focus on something smaller, some smaller stories, you know, it's like, I actually, I'm a Doctor Who fan as well, and like, it annoys me there, it's like, you just like, rewrite everything every time, because like, you, you can't really, go any yeah. bigger. It's anime, that's, that's what anime is, <laughs> yeah, do you, so, okay, the the second review I did for Game Trailers was for a game called Cart Life. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, the PC game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cart Life is a game where you, you play as different characters, but they're, they're dealing with the most mundane problems ever. They're just trying to pay rent, or they're trying to go through a divorce, or they're, you know, like, you are dealing with real life. And it was so fascinating the way that they interpreted those everyday struggles into a video game and how they presented them and how they made that playable. I loved it. I gave it a high score. I'm not go if, if you can find it on GameTrailers.com or YouTube or whatever it is, go look at those comments. Go look at the comments for that review. Oh no, they're they're deeply depressing. Oh, it is. God. I don't want to play a game that deals with real life. Like this, this isn't what I want. Get this filth out of here. Like so negatively aggressive against something that tries to do something different. Walking simulator, I think, is a really derogatory yeah. term. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I hear you, dude. Uh, you know what? I have an example that can lead into our next question, which we can do actually pretty fast. Um. Because I'm playing through Pokemon Red right now, and you're not trying to save the world in that game, right. and I love it. You yeah, are yes. your own person on your own personal Pokemon adventure, yeah. and it works. Dude, awesome example. Yeah, so, you know, they're, they're out there, but yeah, Dan Sebring, we feel you, man. We, I, we... I will say one thing I prefer more than the other. I would much rather have, like, a hero out of the gate, you know, some, a game that starts from the very beginning and is like, you are the most important person in the world, you have to save the world. I'm like, okay, cool, at least I know that. Oh, I, Campbell I, would not approve of this. You I, I, I hate it when I'm like a third of the way through and it's just like, you're not some lowly pauper. You're actually the do- son of the king. And you're like, oh God. Dude, you know, it's like, I knew that. Like, well, you're you not know, the, no, that's not the hero you, can't know that though, Joe. Here's, like, here's kind of a funny thing in a way. But I'm I would, tired of that. I'm more would, tired of that than the, than I just, sure. the, the I, main guy's got to I would like hero. somebody to write the alternate perspective of Super Metroid where Samus is this person that comes to this planet for the sole sake of just blowing it up. <laughs> cool, I'm on board. Yeah, I'm <laughs> um, the next one comes from Classy's Hobos. This is a quick one. Uh, this may be too personal, but why the heck I'm interested. Me too. I would like to hear what games you've been playing during your time off between game trailers and Easy Alliance. I always find games are helpful when I'm going through big life changes, and I think the games we choose to play when feeling down can say something about how we deal with stuff. For example, I usually go back and replay some old game I know well, like Ocarina of Time. Uh, obviously, Pokemon Red and Blue couldn't have been, come out at a better time for Kyle, but I would love to know what the rest of you and why you think uh, you found those games appealing. What did you play on your time off? Dude, I love this question. Yeah, it's a cool question, I thought. Um, yeah, honestly, I've actually been so stressed of trying to figure everything out that I have played games quite a bit less. Have you um, tried to play a game and you're like, I can't, I'm not into this right now? A yes. little, a little yes. bit. Yeah. I've had some of that too, Ben. A little bit. What'd you try to play, Ben? Where you're like, I can't get into this right now. So the, the, the way that my brain worked, it was like, okay, you have this extra time, time to play all those RPGs or all those games from 2015 that you missed. Like, like life is, life is strange is at the top of that list. Yeah. And then every time I think about committing to a certain amount of hours, I'm like, I, I feel this incredible amount of guilt where I'm like, 
I'm just sitting here not getting a job. What am I doing? Right, exactly. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I can't do it. And I feel so bad because I, I want to play these things as it is to be played. And so I'm like, I, I trick myself. I like talk myself down. I'm like, well, why don't I play something that is less of a commitment? Well, I'll just play around a Hearthstone or I'll just do around Heroes of the Storm. So like, that way I can de-stress, but then I can focus. Never works. End up playing like four hours of Hearthstone or whatever it is. Yeah. So yeah, my brain just sucks. Um... Yeah, I mean, kind of the same thing. I've just kind of gone to the things that I know are like less of a commitment. Well, one, I, I wanted to finish The Witness because before I went off on the honeymoon, oh, or, yeah. Yeah, on the wedding, you know, it was like I was trying to get that final challenge and I, I, I stayed up really late and I still couldn't do it. Uh, so, like, that was the like, number one goal. Like, get through the... Get that trophy. That, that platinum trophy. Yeah. And then um, I, uh, I, did, I did Firewatch. Um, which my wife has not played twice. <laughs> I did. You know, I, yeah, I played Firewatch a second time. Yeah. Nice. And then um, I played... Uh, it was the last game I ever reviewed for game trailers. So yeah. I was like, I'm going to play this again. Yeah. <laughs> I want to put a little more time into this. If this may be the last game I ever review, you know, the last VO I ever do. And, um, You're gonna, thankfully, that's not the case. Oh, you played it twice before the review. I played it... Uh, no, once I, before I, you, no. the review and then after. Uh, that second time makes no sense to me, man. You you did it. I played yeah, I played it and then I played it again. I didn't finish it the second time. Uh-huh. And then I started a whole new playthrough because I was like, wait, no, I screwed up. And I went back and I'm like, I'm gonna nail this playthrough. I'm gonna do all the things I want to do. That freaking turtle I missed like twice. I'm like, like where's this turtle? Like, ah. <laughs> um, so it's just the stuff I'd read, stuff, you know, Easter eggs right, right, people right. Had pointed out. I'm like, I want to do one playthrough and specifically the uh, the female uh, protagonist that you play. Hold on, opposite. don't you do any spoilers? What are you up to? You've you heard her in the trailer? No, this is a brand new spoiler joint. I'm yeah. scared of the, the, the second half of the sentence is what I'm scared of. Okay, you know how you talk to a woman in the game? Don't you do this. There are decisions you make in the game. Okay, all right, I'll allow it. affect conversations I'll you allow. have. Okay, okay, I'll allow it. I'll and I tried to get other conversations. There's this game called Mass Effect, <laughs> and you get three <laughs> options, and based on one you pick, it, the story will go in different directions. Do you think... Do you think there's a person who listens to podcasts who could still be surprised by the end of Mass Effect 3? Uh, no, I think that's good. Yeah. Uh, we're, about, we're about two years past that. But it sounded like you had more. Uh, oh, and the other, yeah, the other one is, uh, I mean, you played as well. It's was uh, Salt Android Cactus, which one of our viewers gave oh, yeah, to us. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a really good, like, what Ben's talking about. Like, I, I, this is low commitment. I don't have to play this for mm-hmm. too long. Mm-hmm. And, and that game's actually really long. good. It is. It's I need to play it. I need to play it. Um... Jones, one story I liked from you though is that you you finally played some uh, Disney Infinity. I binged fun. I binged on Disney Infinity. Yeah. The, the the reference I like to make is that Disney Infinity was my like pint of vanilla ice cream after a bad mm. breakup. Uh, mine was uh, Digimon. Nice. Mm-hmm. I just lost myself in like deep depression into Digimon. It felt but it, so... but it wasn't repetitive. It was actually yeah. like like for example, farming is something you do with three and like I farmed for like an hour when I was reviewing it, and I was like, oh, and those plants get okay. I got it. You know, he it was means like farming. He means I, planting seeds. I can see plants. I can yeah. see the progression here. I'm not actually gonna do it before I score this game, but I, I see where I'm going. Yeah. Uh, and I did it. I mean, I built like ten different toy box farms. You know, <laughs> like one's Tatooine, one's like Wonderland, one's like Mickey's farm. Yeah. One's, you know. Uh, so it, it was fun. I got, I got to kind of like regress and pretend I was like that eight year old kid that got all the figures for Christmas and I own no other game. So I'm just like, going to just hammer at this. One thing that was really interesting, very quick. No, you're we fine. got primal right when, uh, our site got shut down yeah. mm-hmm. and that was just kind of like right in that window where like Ubisoft like sent that to us and might've been like, Oh wait, Whoa. If, if you'd got shut down last week, we might want to send that <laughs> because you're probably not reviewing it. We just sent you right. six copies of Far Cry Primal. Yeah. So I had the PS4 copy of Far Cry Primal, you know, shrink wrapped like, like a week and a half before it launched. 
and I didn't play it until after launch. It, like for the same reason that like I yeah. just kept staring at it. I'm like, I don't know if I want to dive into a you know 20 30 hour first person exploration Ubisoft tower you know shooter game. Yeah. Um, and then tower I and, and then I ended up playing it and fell in love with it and then hooked ever since. But you just coined the, the category as tower shooter. Tower shooter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ben, what uh, what is the uh, was the last thing that you? Had? The, the only thing I wanted to comment on is yeah. like I I don't know if you know this or not, but you playing Digimon was actually like. How I centered myself, like for that the the first like two weeks. Oh, when you saw me like on your friends list. Yeah, yeah. So like, what what would happen is, is I would wake up and I I would feel more depressed than I than I've ever been in my life. Like I just yeah. felt empty inside. Like like the entire world was different than what I thought it'd be. It was that like stranger in a strange land. And then I would turn on my PS4. And I'm like, okay, I was playing Digimon. Okay, that makes sense. Everything's okay. <laughs> the world is still spinning. Yeah it, yeah, it actually really helped me. So cool. Thank you. I'm glad I thank, got Thank you for playing Digimon and being depressed. <laughs> thank you, Digimon. At the end of this, we really just got to thank Digimon. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's do bets. We're still doing bets. We're just going to mix it up a little because here's how the format of the show works now because we you know, we don't have a permanent spot and we're rotating people around. These two seats in the middle are rotating. As we are in Jones's... Uh, what do you call this room? What are we in? It's a garage. Because we're, we're in Jones's garage. Uh, Jones will be here every week. I'll be here every week. And so Jones and I are a team. Yeah. The two people in the middle Gulp. are also another team. Our bets are still independent. We still win independently, but our points go toward our team. At the end of the year, one of these two teams will win. Our bet this week... You, if this is your first time watching, we do bets. Yeah. We do bets every single week, and we take them very seriously. It's actually everybody's first time watching. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I I can't wait until I watch it for the first time. Uh, MLB The Show 16 comes out next week on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 3. That old console from 2006, 10 years old, still has new releases. At this point next week, how many more reviews, meaning just the number next to the stars, will the PS4 version have over the PS3 version? Uh, Jones, why don't you reveal first? Give me a good number. You're on my team now. Uh-oh. Give you a good number. Should I write it again? No, no, no. I don't yeah, know if this is a great sure. number. Uh, I'm going 88. It's a good, seems like a good baseball number. Yeah, like nice. Okay. Ben? Very good. Uh, my number a little bit higher, 103. Hard to see, but 103. Nice. Oh, I'm going up, 147. Ooh. 131. So we have a weird little mix of numbers. Yeah, here. yeah. I think I'm the only one to go triple digits. I like it because we got a yeah. we got a, like a wide base here, Jones. Yeah. Okay, let me lock those in. Yeah, they got the low end. But we high. can't we can't team up before. We have to set that. I didn't know what you were gonna bet. That is important to know. Is that that's the only way we to make this can't, game really yeah. work. I feel like this is rigged. Them getting the low and the high worries me. No, actually, I got the high. Are you at the high? Yeah, yeah they got the low, got the I high. got the high. Oh, okay, then then we're fine. It's actually, like, that's the most interesting that could have turned out. So, yeah, yeah we'll be really excited to see all those Amazon reviews come out for MLB The Show 16 on PlayStation 3. Didn't know it was still happening. Uh, anyway, uh, usually at this point we have a winner. Obviously, we have no winner yet because it's the very first episode. We also have corrections at the beginning, so don't be alarmed. The next time you hear this show, there's corrections. <laughs> They're, we're serious, serious about those. I wanted to sign off just a message to our patrons. Obviously, I'm very grateful to everyone who watches. Uh, you know, even if you're paying nothing, I still definitely appreciate you. But to the patrons in particular, I just wanted to say big thanks to you because um, basically this group of people were owned by two very large companies where it's easy to feel like you don't have a lot of value inside of those big companies. Uh, nothing against those big companies. That's just, you know, where we were. Or just hard to exactly gauge your value. Yeah, To know exactly. where you sit. And just so to have 
a value on us. To feel valuable is an incredible feeling, and it's mm-hmm. because of you. It is directly because of what you did for us. And I just want to say thanks for that, so that, that we can feel like what we do has value. That's incredible. Well said. Uh, we also got to thank some people that are directly sponsoring this show. We have a yeah. whole tier of patrons that uh, I'm about to read off all of their Let's names. Do it. You have it so, right here? I know. I don't have it. I'm going to do oh, that. Okay. I'm going to do that in VO. Oh, sure. Okay. Uh, so, so brace for that. And get ready. You know, <laughs> if, you, if you watch this show and you catch it later and you're like, what is this weird five-minute straight micro-machine reading of all of these crazy names? Yeah. Uh, we did it. We were like, yeah, we'll have, a, you know, we'll have a couple dozen. I'll read them at the end of the show. And... Yeah, like like every, like everything else associated with our Patreon, it, it, it blew uh, up. completely blew up expectations. Yeah. Uh, we also have several direct, you know, major funding sponsors of the show itself, uh, which I'm going to uh, read off in a little bit uh, after the, the, the cameras close down and I switch to VO, but we will integrate those more organically into the show moving forward. Cool. Next episode will be different. We'll hopefully have better mics, better better everything. Hopefully the couch. I, but the couch in yeah. one week is a little unrealistic, isn't it? We'll see. We might have these wooden flimsy chairs still. <laughs> uh, I mean, should we do more business? Obviously, go to patreon.com slash easyallies. Twitch.tv slash easyallies is where we'll be streaming every weekday. Uh, Twitter handles. Because nobody won, so somebody somebody. You want to do all our Twitter handles? We'll be nice. We'll be a nice, like, easy allies. We all say our Twitter handles. Sure. Yeah. Okay, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, I am at Trailer Jones. That's new, actually. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. New, new show, new handle. Yeah. Uh, I'm at Ben Moore 35 At D Bloodworth 2 I'm at Kyle Bossman. Also at Easy Allies. Is Correct. The, yeah. uh, our Easy, Easy Allies on Twitter. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's it. Definitely check out our Patreon. Like, at least look at it. Look over what we got coming. Um, and, you know, check out our Twitch. Check out our things. See what we're about. Uh, this song that you're hearing right now uh, was made by Phantom NK. So thank you, Phantom NK. Really so sick. That. Uh, and I guess that's it, right? Are we done? We're done. Uh, we also no, we're not done yet. We have to agree on a sign-off. We all agree to do all of our Twitter handles together. We also have to agree on a sign-off. Oh on a collective sign-off? A collective sign-off. This is a big thing, Kyle. I know. I just, sprung up on just, just kind of throw in there right at the end. Okay, here's what we'll do then. <laughs> this is going to be fun. It's an improv game. Uh, we're going to say one word of the sign-off. And then one person. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last person waves. <laughs> Jones, I'll let you. Are we doing this every time? Or are no, we... no, no, no. Just this, this is, one this time. Is episode. Just okay. Time. Because there's no winner this week. This right. Is what we okay. Have to do. Okay. And then next week we got to do our individual sign-offs if yeah, we win. Yeah. Okay. So here's All our right. here's our group trademark sign-off. Jones, kick it off. Kick. Some. Blood. You know what comes next. <laughs> Don't be shy. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Tonight. <laughs> <laughs>
Muhammad, Brent Phillips, Genma123, Seiko Shining Force 2, Umar Chaudhry, Phoenix, Jason A. Sackle, Johans Bretz, Ian, Carl Karrison, Ingo Tuletz, Rory McGuire, Lucas Christensen, Yong Lee, Lee Young, Jeffrey Shearer, 44 Stars, Olafur Weig, Matthias Hesevig Jensen, Paul Judge, Patrick Guttard, Austin Belzer, Derek Kuhn, Christopher Wells, David Naguyan, Joaquin Maruvo, Randy Puckett, Andrew Aiken, Tim O'Keefe, Kristen59, Matthew Shornig, Yo Butts, Sean Hasney, Jan Themson, Athena XX, Isabella Crane, Stephen Armenta, G. Levin, Hendra Wardy, John Michael, Jeffrey Daniel Lasley, Ian Staana, Charles Anthony Iapacino, Siege H, Keo Corder, Impact 93, Majnov, Greg Kettering, Gustav Stromborn, Conglator, That One Video Gamer, Garrett Evitt, Kaylee Murdoch. Fabian Schuster, Samuel Justice, Stephen K, Alonzo Jasberry, Wayne Utterback, Tristan Howard, Thereer Danielson, Alan Naguyan, Bjoinar Haroldsvik, Tuttle, Eduardo, Nuno Amaral, Brendan Kennedy Gould, Anders Al Green Hansen, Michael Bisegli, Ferris Denning, Forrest Polk, Colin Mulholland, Nesta Reyes, Christine Shireman, Bonnie and Jason Connor, Christopher Pullen, Zach Leon, Stephen Wagstaff, AZ, Sam Joven, Ahab, Junya Motomura, Christopher Foss, Peter Davis, Peter Naguyan, Michael Riley, Joel Peterson, Alan Voss, Jacob Whittington, Hugo Calm, Azazel Valkyrie, Eric Jackson, Evan Branham Davis, Ryan E. Garcia, Codard1115, Hansel S. Thompson, Marco Zanone, Joey and Kate, Adam Adler, Ya Boy Benny B, Edison S. Prada Jr., Zachary Stevenson, Raymond Chow, Garrett Falhess, Grassman Matt, Rishay Nadu, Michael Favocci, Julio Ruiz, Evan Anderson, Darius Chambers, Justin Wenderoth, Evan Eng, Captain Fancy Pants, Stephen Purifoy, Nick Mazzola, Kevin Camposano, Alfredo Gonzalez, Patrick Bradburn, Evan Ponce, Stephen S., Andy H., Bryce Ray Parker, David Ferber, Ryan Anderson, Maximilian Leibach, Adam Hipster Hunter, Toby Welch, Jackson Myers, Sebastian Trier, Louis Ibarra, Adam Ward, James Helmus, Oscar Lechuga, Eddie Reister, Alan Zia, Alexander Ockelhan, Garrett Starnes, Alan Rusin, Mike Hook One, Paul David Santana, Nathaniel Howe, Jeff Robertson, Zach Bardsley, Two-Headed Turtle, Calgareth, Christopher Dixon, Leif Johnson, Don Turner, Thrashanuva, Jake Landry, V. Cura Ray, Alex Brandt, Fabian Kindle, Zustick, Brandon Roberts, Carl Williams, Kevin DeBolt, Jonas, Marcus Hernandez, David, Ben Sheen, Michael Tenick, Owen DJ, David Kennedy, Fimo Pruce, Robert Stoffel, Michael Agent, Krzysztof Rogowski, Jimmy Milson, Zinterax, Christopher, Fozzie, Marcel Froelich, Jan Veit, Spencer Weeb, Ryan Tangman, Divinity, Raphael Gawinski, Modren, Evan Anderson, Monica, Wayne Brannigan, Stephen Blomkamp, Andrew Wanser, Paul Bishop, G. Sith, Tony Knox, Luke Arnold, David Wong, Guraneko182, Justin Masick, Dave Lawrence, Matt Ferguson, Shutaro Takeda, Juan Lobo, Marius Matheson, Ed Marino, Eric Gustafson, Usman Khan, Alex Monaco, Alfredo De Leon, Reiner, Taylor Hoyt, Mans Anderson, Douglas Skiles, Andrew H., Merrick Orichowski, Brian Cause, Sun Pham, Garen Murtaugh, Oscar Anderson, Jason Hill, Sean Mackey, Kim Monk, Vonderlei Hogginson Peterson, Sean McGowan, Slacker Becker, Paolo Constable, The Original Snitch, Brett Morris, Elliot Moscow, Thomas Wigington Jr., Kyle Painter, Ed Costigan, Lance Mink, Andrew Buckter, Daniel McCone, Shinaclone, Henry Clark, Ciara, Carlos Gonzalez, Michelle Nubb, Christopher A. Butler, John Mayer, Mizek, Gustav Summers, Michael Paez, Paul Roost, Manuel Thomas, Quinton Valiente, Dan Sebring, Reed Johnson, Sajad Wagen, The Hashtagonist, Matthew Coulomb, Dustin DeMello, 
Cody Wesley, Thomas Abrams, Trey Whetstone, Dinesh Patel, Michael Kozak, Joe Burns, Peter Shoemaker, Grant Richardson, KBM13, Carl Smith, Lucas Smith, Adam Henry, Laurent Kantz, Michelle Musselman, Justin Moore, Donnie, Kevin Altman, Ryan Miller, Phoenix Rouge, Ricardo Moreno, Taggard McStone, Nick Kirkurado, Niels Frederick Elbolz, Eric Santoy, Chris Sleep, David Ebby, Sebastian Urban, Randy Vershuren, Jonathan Trier, Helping Leon, Robert Ori Einerson, Amy Hunt, Philip Klarskoff Jensen, Willem DeVu, Edvin Zek, Simon Chamberlain, Tim Strothman, Trolls Rasmussen, Adam Mullaney, Michael Shriver, Louis Chu, Neil Brophy, Manuel Gebert, Ulf himself, Morgan Wirth, Florian Morgenbesser, David Hannon, Kosser Friedensberg, Nielsen, Socrates, Gail Gutierrez, Lars, Mark, Refill, Adam Draymond, Ian Barker, Oliver Castadin, Mubarek Alsharad, Joaquin Bang, PJ Garona, Brendan Townsley, Roman Udolf, Jan, Eric Steffens, Sam Sorensen, Tarek Leham, Joey Donaldson, Mecca Messiah, Matthias Larson, Jake Musser, Travis Ng, Faraz Rizvi, Sean de Almeida, Oliver Brandt, Daniel Turnold, Alexander Schiller, Carlos Lopez, Self-Confessed Cynic, Richard Godsell, David Bajarski, Elric, Bill Tone Mayum, Kevin Kirk, Elizabeth, Andreas Kother, Sandra Bernard, Colby Keith, MJ, Durgash Patel, Broderick, Gordas, Trey Blissett, Andrew Allen, Connor Rosine, Andrew Grigoire, Jonathan Ramirez, Aaron Lopez, Skender Yashari, Michael Eaton, Alec Church, Anthony Gomez, Kevin Fritas, Robert Marquardt, Jorge, Sammy, Dale Payne, Trung Nguyen, James Kennedy, Aaron Murphy, Bastwood, Spencer Jerome, Calder Fertig, Tyler Dennis, Jack Cooksley, Richard Illy, Mantuan Huang, Siama Mishra, Marty Savage, Kyle Bradford, William Kirk, Ferris Ruhi, Christopher Santis, Dennis Franklin. Thanks, everybody. See you next week.